Hello, everybody. This is the Business Boot edition of the Dreamers Doers podcast. I'm Braden. I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Carolyn. It is great to be here today, Braden. And each week, we'll come to you live from the LoveWorks campus, where you will hear interviews from our youngest and more experienced entrepreneurs who will inspire, educate, and give you an action step to help you with your leadership and business. The Biz Boot Up podcast partners with Norman Chamber of Commerce to advocate to see Norman, Oklahoma be a thriving business community. It is powered by First United Bank, who's not like your typical bank. Their purpose is to inspire and empower others to spend life wisely. So a big thank you to Norman Chamber of Commerce and First United Bank for helping to see our youngest entrepreneurs achieve their business dreams. Now, before we get started with our time with our amazing guests, we want to give you a heads up. The Biz Boot Up edition is now growing and getting its own platform. You can now listen to our episodes on our own channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Just search The Biz Boot Up Podcast, B-I-Z, Boot Up <laughs> Podcast, or check out our show notes for some direct links. We'll also be posting um, on the Dreamers and Doers Podcast until 2021, so make sure to move over before 2022. Yeah, absolutely, and super excited, but we're more excited to announce our first dreamer and doer, Ed Copeland. Ed was born in Granite, Oklahoma and raised on a dairy farm. He moved to Elk City when he was in junior high and graduated from UCO with a degree in marketing. He spent 15 years working in personnel and HR management. His wife, purchased, his wife and him purchased a small office supply store in 1983, have grown it to include office supplies, new and used uh, office furniture, teacher and educational supplies, and development educational toys. He's been a member of the Rotary, Norman Public School Foundation Board, Moore Norman Technology Center School Board, Norman Business Association, Moore Norman Chamber of Commerce, has served as president and campaign chair for United Way and president of OEC's Operation Roundup for 14 years, district chairman for Boy Scouts and completed in Citizens Police Academy. He was named Solved Business Person of the Year in 1995, has taught a Sunday school class for many years, and his hobbies include woodworking, gardening, and certified as a master gardener, which is super cool. He is he has three children, all working in Norman, and ten kid grandchildren, seven of whom live in Norman. That is a nice bio right there. Well, thanks. So we're super glad to be joined by you today. And so I appreciate ha- the opportunity to be here. Of course. So we want to dive in real quick. We know we're the Dreamers and Doers podcast. So our favorite question to ask is: Are you more naturally consider yourself more natural dreamer or a doer? Well, that's an interesting question. I think. Uh, being in business for myself, I think I reflect back and think that I had to be a dreamer and I have to be a doer. Because when you're in business for yourself, you wear many hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we dreamed about adding and growing the business from office supplies to furniture to educational supplies to educational toys. Uh, and there's a lot to do day in and day out for uh, the business owner. And fortunately, uh, my wife are in the business together, and she's very good with details, which afforded me the opportunity to be out in the community. Mm. Uh, and Norman has been very good to us. Uh, I've enjoyed working in the community. Uh, but she had details in the business, and she took care of it, and it worked well for us as a team. I love that. It's like a dreamer and doer team. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, I'm so impressed with LoveWorks. Uh, it took a major dreamer to come up with this plan, and it took a whole lot of doers to make it work. <laughs> that is very <laughs> and, true. And uh, it's just so impressive that you're serving 90 young people and going into schools. Uh, that is so significant. What an opportunity for young people. Oh, Ed, thank you so much for saying that. We we definitely receive it. And coming from a Norman legend, that means a lot. We've only been around for 10 years. So. Well, uh, <laughs> Seems like I've been here a lot longer than that. Uh, (laughs) Well, Ed, we're going to rewind a little bit um, and would love to ask you, what was it like for you to grow up and was your first dream job owning your own business? Well, uh, 
as as I stated in the bio, uh, I grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, we didn't have time for dreams at the time. We were busy <laughs> feeding chickens and feeding cows and milking. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a great, great environment to grow up in. I was the youngest of six kids, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed farm life. But uh, we moved to Elk City, had an opportunity to uh, uh, get my education there and go on to college. Um, I don't know that my dreams would have led me to be a business owner. I think that came by an opportunity that was put before me, and I'll share that with you later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just so happened, and and I'm appreciative that it did. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that kind of leads into our next question is, like, can you tell us about how that journey of becoming a business owner went down? Well, I spent 15 years in industrial relations, labor relations, personnel, and human resource business, mm-hmm. uh, working for corporations. I came to Norman to be with Topco. Topco was an oil-filled instrumentation company, and in the early 80s, uh, the oil boom was happening. It was on a roll. Uh, lots of expansion. Uh, I came here to be with Topco as director of industrial relations. Uh, in 82, Penn Square went down, and as a result of Penn Square Bank falling, faltering, uh, the rig count started falling, and the the boom was off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a failure, uh, and so many oil related companies started laying off, cutting back, and uh, Totco was doing the same thing. I helped close a plant in California. I laid off lots of people on Fridays. Uh, just happened Friday after Friday after Friday, and then one day my boss called me and said, "Can you come up?" Don't think we need you anymore. And it was inevitable. Uh, I knew it was coming somewhere along the way. So I joined a local bank, which afforded me the opportunity to stay in Norman as opposed to follow the oil industry somewhere, mm-hmm. Houston perhaps. Uh, and uh, while I was with the bank, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, you're out in the community a lot. I need to sell my little off supply store. Can you help me find a buyer? And I told several people about it. And... Uh, Call one guy back a second time. I said, hey, you need to look at this. And then I literally woke up one night, middle of the night, and I got to thinking, we could do that. Interestingly enough, my dreams as a youngster weren't about being a business owner. But in high school and college, I worked for three different office supply companies. Oh. Going to school. Wow. So uh, it, it was related Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had the opportunity. Uh, I told my wife we need to look at this because she was anticipating going back to teaching. And uh, so we explored it. Uh, ended up getting an SBA loan because it, it took more money than I had. Uh, and one of the things that young people need to be willing to do is to take some risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we did that. She ran the business for about a year and a half while I was still with the bank. And then when we moved it from Gray Street to Main Street, I left the bank and joined the business full-time, and we've been together ever since. Wow. Wow. So, Ed, during this time, I mean, wasn't there, like, an economic depression going on? Like, Very overall? much so. So how do you make that—I know you just said take risks. I mean, that's a big risk to take is to well, <laughs> take on that, a business. That's a good question because it was a difficult time, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have said— why in the world did you get into business at that time? Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, many office supply dealers faltered as a result of having too much debt, too much inventory, too many people on board. 
they couldn't get through the downturn. Mm -hmm. And I was hungry and growing, and so it worked out to be an ideal time right. in my mind. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't ideal in many businesses, uh, but uh, a lot of office supply dealers folded as a result of the downturn. Wow. So Ed, you are super, super involved, not only in your business, but in the community. And so can you tell us just a little bit about some of the organizations and the roles and how is that so important to you and why is that so important that you're so involved? Well, um, you hear people say they, they do it to give back, and that's, that's part of it. But relationships, I think, are so important mm -hmm. in business. And being out in the community and dealing with bikers, dealing with plumbers, dealing with whoever and whoever and whoever in the community, uh, it's a great opportunity to develop relationships. And uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, my time uh, on committee work with the chamber. Uh, I've been active in Rotary, had a perfect attendance for about 30 years, uh, served as program chair for Rotary for about 20 years, uh, and it was a very rewarding experience. Uh, spent 14 years as president of Operation Roundup. Operation Roundup is an interesting uh, philanthropic venture by OEC. Mm -hmm. And it simply allows each and every member of OEC to round up their bill. So if they were going to be billed for $38.12 for their electricity, then $0.88 cents goes into the kitty to be used for philanthropic purposes. And if you're going to be billed $38.98, two pennies go in to the kitty for philanthropic purposes. And amazingly enough, with all of their membership, we uh, had about $22,000 a month allocated. To, that is amazing. To give. It is amazing. I was always amazed. But we had uh, a variety of requests for funding. Mm -hmm. The one that always stuck in my mind was a little lady in her mid-80s, who uh, would get up each morning and pack her dentures with toilet paper to cushion her gums so she could eat. Oh, my gosh. And for a couple of hundred dollars, we got her a new set of dentures, and her life changed. Yeah. But we had requests from agencies like uh, the Sheriff's Department for bulletproof vests for our sheriffs, and we funded that. Uh, we funded a variety of ramps for people who are handicapped and needed a ramp to get out of their house. Uh, so many different... Uh, organizations, so many uh, opportunities to give and help people and change their lives. And of course, when the uh, tornado came through uh, the area years ago, uh, we've set aside a major amount of money for that mm -hmm. to help in different ways for that. So it was a great experience. Wow. We have, uh, we've been luckily a re recipient, LoveWorks has, um, of one of the grants. Really? So, yes. Yeah, so I, I believe it went towards our food, um, towards our cafe, so uh -huh. our after-school programming. Very good. Um, and our family dinner. So, no, we, yeah. We, <laughs> it well, is a great program. I had no it, idea just how expansive it was, though. It is a great experience, a great opportunity uh, for a lot of people to get help when they don't have any place else to turn. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it's good. But uh, Public School Foundation, uh, that was a rewarding experience because uh, we were— uh, collecting monies, accepting donations, and going through the allocations process. Mm -hmm. And teachers would write grant requests, and it may be some bit of a particular book series or some application to enhance the learning environment in the, in the classroom. And uh, it's very rewarding to see those teachers uh, thrilled to get $100 or $1,000, whatever the case may be. Uh, and that fund has grown and grown through the years uh, 
it's a it's a major funding uh, source for the for the community. So Ed, we know that you you lean maybe more a, a tad bit towards dreamer. Is there a dream that you're working on right now? <laughs> well, if I if I'm totally honest, I dream of retiring pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's a great dream. That's the real truth. Uh, but we have we have uh, dreamed a great deal through these recent years as we grew the business, and uh, we feel like it's time to pass that baton mm. uh, at some point. So truly, uh, I'm working on that. <laughs> That's an opportunity for me. Wow. Give us a preview. What are you dreaming of as far as what retirement looks like for you? Well, I'm a woodworker and a gardener, mm-hmm. and I have a little, uh, little uh, very small cabin in New Mexico, and we sneak out there for a retreat occasionally. So it's a good getaway, mm-hmm. and uh, we enjoy being up in the mountains and uh, being where it's very quiet. I love that. <laughs> well, here at the here at this podcast, we are rooting for that. So I love, <laughs> I love to hear that. So, so catering to a big chunk of our audience, which is our middle schoolers, high schoolers wanting to start a business, what would be a life lesson? I'm taking a little bit back, but what would be a life lesson that you wish you knew when you were in middle school or high school? Well, um, interestingly enough, uh, we all know risk can be dangerous. Risk can be scary. But... Uh, I think we have to realize that we have to put something at risk. Uh, And the only real person who can say, I can't do this, is me. Mm. People can tell me I can't do it, but if I've got the desire and the motivation, uh, if I've got my kids in the vault because I'm borrowing money, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, that's motivation enough to get out and work and make things happen. And uh, along the way, uh, I've learned that I need to surround myself with smart people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to think that that's happening right here. Uh, smart people, somebody's good at selling, somebody's good at the technical aspects of a job, somebody's better at managing money or financial details. Uh, and business owners can't do it all. Mm-hmm. If they grow the business at all, they can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, taking some risk and surrounding people yourself with good people, I think would be the lesson that I would reflect on. That's awesome. That's really, really That's, great. I'm, yeah, I mean, applying that to just general life, but even business side. like Absolutely. If you're yeah. wanting to accomplish All goes hand in dreams, hand. Yes, it does. It does. Especially for the, the, these listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, for our last question, would you have a tip of any kind that you would want to share uh, to our listeners that want to own their own business one day? Well, I think you have to realize there's so many hats that you wear. Uh, and people have to be prepared to to learn aspects of business entrepreneurship that perhaps they don't know. It requires a little study. I just read recently that uh, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream Company was started with a $5,000 loan, and they took a correspondence course to learn how to make ice cream. Interesting that uh, the biggest distributor of ice cream in the nation uh, started that way, Did, and they had to dig in and learn. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I didn't know how to make ice cream. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, there's just so many things that you have to be willing to put your thinking cap on, mm-hmm. study, ponder, learn, uh, to wear those many hats that you have to wear as a, as a business owner. Yeah. 
That's good. That is that is really great. I wish I always wish I had my notepad open when uh, we have guests. But um, Ed, thank you so so much for your time. I know the viewers out there they're they're going to be better. They're going to be taking notes. I know that for sure, and they're going to grow their idea or business. And so we just want to ask you know before we leave, where can we find more about Copeland's? Where can we find where can we find you? Where can we find me? Four twenty five West Main. Uh, we have uh, uh, one store that includes office supplies, educational supplies, and, and educational toys. Uh, and uh, my wife taught for 10 years, so she's equipped to, to be a buyer in the education area and the toy area. Uh, and we've learned that both of those areas complement office supplies more than we ever envisioned mm-hmm. because office supply shoppers are looking for homework helpers for the child or the grandchild, so they wander into the educational department. And certainly at Christmas time, they're looking for toys for the youngster, <laughs> and they wander that way. Teachers need some office supplies, but they also need games and quiz things uh, to enhance the learning in the classroom. So uh, it's complemented. Uh, better than we ever anticipated, and it's been good for us. I was about to say, so every time I walk into Copeland's, it feels like I get two sides that are nurtured, where it's like I'm looking at the office supplies for myself, but then I'm also maybe a little bit for myself still. Not <laughs> so much for Few our students, toys. I'm looking at the toys, too. Few so. toys. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so, listeners, if you haven't been out there, check it out. It's a, it's a, it's almost like a playground, so there's so much to see. <laughs> like, And I'm talking about from like an organizational, if you are that person that loves sticky tabs and pens, they've got it all so check it out (laughs) it's a fun environment it is and and by the way we get a lot of feedback from parents and grandparents about our toys and my wife made an interesting comment after we had been in business for about 26 years and we then got into toys she commented that we get a lot of feedback about toys (laughs) but nobody has ever come back in and said god that was a great cartridge you sold me for a printer (laughs) You know, uh, <laughs> we don't get that kind of feedback. So it's rewarding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll be, you know what? I'm going to be more thoughtful about that. I was like, I've got some really good pens that go for Spread the word. Thank you so much. And viewers, we'll be back very, very soon with our next amazing guest. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. And we are back with our next pretty amazing guest, I might add, Abram and Duke with no bros knows. Abram Beck actually is a vivacious 10-year-old who enjoys baseball and choir. Alongside his business partner, fellow fourth grader and best bud, Duke Alvis, who loves math, football, and ice cream. They joined the Bloodworks Business Boot-Up Program and started the Bros Know Company in order to begin their journey of entrepreneurship. Hey, Duke and Abram. Hi. Hi. Y'all doing good? We're super glad that you get to be on the podcast. We're excited to learn more about both y'all's story and your business. And so what is Bros Know? And when did you come serious about starting this company? Let's Abram, do you want to start first? Yes. Um, well, Rosen knows is what it is, is we give you a survey. And what those, the questions on that survey is based on what you like. Based what you like on that, based on your answers from what you like, we give you that stuff in your box. Very cool. So can you give me an example? What does, what goes inside a box? Um, what goes inside a box is usually... Um, for your favorite color, if we don't have that color, like, like, the, so basically we don't have the box, it's like the tissue paper that we make it like a square, like, shape, um, like, that'd usually be your favorite color, 
and like the stuffing of the box that also you should be your favorite color. But if we cannot do that, we try and make it like as close as possible. Mm-hmm. And you usually use get like a poppet or a mind breaker. A mind breaker is like a metal puzzle that is put together, and, it, and there's like some possible way to unsolve it. So you, we usually put a poppet um, or a mind breaker, or we have a uh, two stickers, and then if. And then, like, so basically, it's like, do you like outdoors or indoors more? Do you like Pokemon or Minecraft, Fortnite? It's like a bunch of other questions. So if you like outside and you like hiking and stuff, you put like, like an outdoor sticker and like a hiking sticker. But every so often, I actually gave away three deluxe boxes on the selling day. So basically, the deluxe, the deluxe boxes, you get four stickers and one of everything. That is very cool. So I love that you guys are customizing these boxes kind of towards your customers, right? So it's kind of a little bit for everybody. What would you say, though, is your, like, target demographic? Who 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 would really, like, receive a bro's note box? Yeah, Abram, go for it. Um, Mostly just anyone. As much as people, if, uh, uh, probably anybody, if they need, like, a last-minute Christmas present, mm-hmm. we got you covered. Okay, I we love got that. You. You, got, like, you got us covered. Birthday present, anything. Um, honestly, I just realized this. We could probably like start giving away them to homeless people mm. and say like, see, because they might need some help um, doing some stuff. So we have probably got to connect you with uh, Amberly Sensational Celebrations yeah. and see yes. if we can do some birthday yes. boxes. Yes. <laughs> which is I'm gonna shout it out. It's I believe episode number two on the Biz Boot Up podcast. You can that's check a, out. That's a little throwback. Oh, it is a throwback. <laughs> Amberly's story there, but uh, yeah, no, I think that could be a really good matchup for yeah. you guys. Yeah, so we know that you guys have done this business. You've gotten to the entrepreneurship, and we know as entrepreneurs, there are a lot of fun in it. There is a lot of fun, but it also comes with some challenges. So, uh, Duke, if you don't mind sharing just a little bit of some of those challenges you faced in the early days of start starting a business. Well, that we have to go back to, like, beginning of cohort six. See, it wasn't originally bro's nose. Mm. It was, and Mrs. Caroline, you should, mer- should remember this, it was 3D bros. But that didn't work out because his 3D printer broke. Abram's 3D printer broke at his dad's school. So that was wiped out, couldn't do that. So then we came up with this. So that's, like, the background story of how this came to be because we thought, wait, if we can make something special for the customers... That means they'd probably like it more than just, like, you're like, oh, plastic dinosaur. But what if it gave you your own box that is, like, like based on you? I love it. So you took this challenge, and you used it really just more to—you pivoted, but then you developed your business even more beyond that. So at the core, you knew you wanted to create something that was going to be customizable, something that was going to bring someone, like, a smile, right? Yeah, like, just like, oh, my gosh, this was made for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you guys continued with that vision. So— Abram, I'm going to direct this question to you. You guys just had your first selling experience this past Saturday. So it was just a few days ago. Uh, maybe you have a, you've had a chance to reflect on it. Um, what was a challenge maybe that you experienced in selling that you guys could over, that you guys did overcome? Um, some people, we would just tell them, and they the kids would want it, and their parents would say no. And then that kind of got us down. Yeah. But when we kept on going to people and we kept on getting more sales, that helped me get up and— I I really was happy, but the people that didn't want to buy it, I knew they'd come back next time and they'd say, hey, I want this. I love that. So you're overcoming kind of those obstacles of people with rejection because that's hard. That, and that's a real part of being a salesperson, right? It's like, yes. I mean, for say the, yeah. the one yes you get, you might get a, like 10 or 20 no's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to say we got like a lot of no's. You got a lot of no's. I, 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 I remember like, I remember six no's. 
Uh-huh. Six no's and then like 20 buyers, but six no's. Yeah. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And I then, remember I, I've gotten then, my fair share of the no's at Chicago, New York. Like, yeah. <laughs> you get fair yeah. share of no's. Uh, but I, we only got two bad customer reviews, and I know why. So there's these two little girls, okay? And so they came by with, like, some of their parents' money to come buy it, so one of our boxes. Here's the problem. is in the, mic- in the building of the box, I think the boxes got switched. Mm-hmm. So uh, the girl over here got the girl over here's box, and the girl over here got the girl over there's box. So I think they thought that they didn't, like, our business wasn't good because the boxes accidentally got switched when they were making or when we handed them out. I gotcha. Uh, so I think that's why. And then we just gave them each like, a free slime to make them happy because they came by like, hey. Uh, so th- I think that's why is because, like, I think their boxes actually got switched. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why. I love that. And you're willing as, like, the the person, who, the business owner to take ownership of that, right? Like, if a mistake happened, it's like, okay, we know this happened. We're going to make up for it, and we're going to give you guys some extra slime. That's really good service. That's yeah. awesome. It was actually Amber Weiss. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> She's coming up a lot in this conversation. <laughs> that's funny. So, uh. Amber, for our last question, we know that you guys have been able to get into this. And so what has been your favorite part? Of starting your very own business. Duke, you had your hand straight up. <laughs> uh, uh, making people happy. That's easy. Hey, bro. Um, I really like people buying it, and I don't do it just for the money. I do it for my happiness. I do it for them. I do it so everybody, everybody can have fun in just the world. It's spreading happiness. It's not just you giving out kindness, and then they give out kindness for everyone else. I love that. Before we end our interview, I know Brain said that was our last question, but I just have— one last question. Okay. okay. So what would be your next big dream for Bros No? Duke, go for uh, it. To have either a, like, social media page or, mm-hmm. like, yeah, basically a social media page. Just for, like, um, just for, rev- for a review. Because, actually, I don't know their name, but this woman was one of our buyers, and she said, um, and she said, you know what? I think that you should have a social media page. Because I think this is a really good idea. So I'm hoping for social, like, I hope that I, like, like next big step is a social media page. I love it. But yeah. one of the obstacles that, like, um, we found out is that we used Venmo and, or Cash. Mm-hmm. So when people typed in the Venmo code, they accidentally paid somebody else. So oh, we got no. out on, like, 40, like 40 to $50 because they accidentally paid somebody else. Oh, no. Okay. So uh, one of the customers even said before we noticed that, like, every so often we're out in, like, $10 since that's how much our boxes are. And someone said, you should have, just have a QR code to scan it and stuff. So now I'm thinking that's a really good idea because we got out at 40, 50 bucks just because somebody else accidentally typed in like another letter or something and paid somebody else. Yeah, very true. I just say, hey, some good, it's good learning lessons from yeah. your selling experience. And sometimes you can't learn that unless yeah. you just go out and you do, do it, it, right? So, Abram, what about you? Um, can we say the question again? Yeah, what, what's your next big dream for Bros Now? Being a company, um, starting an actual like business, like becoming. Big, like, wrist world. Like, right? you're, like, you're looking to hire someone, <laughs> yeah, like, right? Like, <laughs> you can't be on yeah, um, You can't I, be on I his level yet. Yeah, I kind of want to have more people in our business, not just us two. 
like mm-hmm. that that's gonna help eventually because yeah. I mean it, it it's harder than you think mm-hmm. to like go down here grab a box like like look through the surface super quickly and like memorize everything and then put together a box that you're praying that they please like this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, please please For sure. yeah because no. we have this friend named George and and Faye and they all they Faye was like what are you guys doing? And then, like, yeah, we like, like, never want to tell When him. we were, like, when 3D Bros was still a thing. Uh-huh. Remember, like, the sign-in video, like, in the library? Yes, I remember. That thing? The, actually, like, the, the doorway, like, we were sitting like this. The doorway behind us was actually our class. Mm-hmm. And so Faye and George and, like, Olive were like, what are you doing? But we couldn't tell them. So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I really like to have more people. Like, I really want them yeah. to be friends and it, not just, like, strangers. Yeah. I kind of want to, like, see. It's I much give them, like, to have more people. Yeah. I want to give them, like, a survey to see if they've bought our product and they were kids. But I want to have people on, like, the um, marketing team, the sales team. Um, yeah, people that can, like, someone, someone would be over here, like, trying to get, like, hook the customers in. Mm-hmm. And then them giving the surveys, and then whenever they like fill them out, they give to them to like other people, and those people build the boxes and give them back to those people, and those people, yeah, give the box to them. Then I mean, of course, like we would help in that process. It just be much much easier because one of the big downfalls is that we have to tell customers, hey, can you wait a minute? Like we're dealing with like three people right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. so we told them to like wait by here, they would walk off. Yeah, yeah, they and would that, never come back. Yeah, we had like three or four accidents with that. <laughs> so it's just said uh, because it was only us two. So the max customers we can handle was three. Like, like give a survey out to someone really quickly, handle that person's survey, and then make two boxes, then fill out theirs and ship those three at the exact same time. Wow. So it, it's pretty hard. So if we had like other people in on it, like helping us ship out the boxes, like bring in the surveys and that stuff, it'd be much easier. So we could like maybe do five, six customers at a time because we probably got outed on three, four, five customers because of not having enough people. Yeah. So yeah. listeners, if you're listening, it sounds like Brosno is looking to expand. <laughs> uh, they have a marketing position, an operations position, and a sales position open. So. Yeah, come join. Come join. We're ready, we're ready, we're ready. I love it. Well, guys, you guys have been so, so awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I know that those that are listening will probably be curious, you know, when when and where they can find Bros Knows. Um, I'm, we're going to link all of that in our show notes. Is there anything that you want to kind of say? Um, I do. Yeah. Um, next week, I it's not going to be Bros. just going to be him. Mm-hmm. If we do have a sales next, like, through December 23rd, Make sure to come gonna out. Be at, uh, I'm going to be in Lakey Falla, so make sure to come stop by him. <laughs> we want to see you there. If you it, give me, it. like, four customers at a time, I will legitimately. Let's support him, guys. Let's support Two customers at a time I can deal with. Three or four by myself, no, please. Oh. All right. So, Carolyn, those are some pretty awesome interviews. And so what was something that really stuck out to you? So what I love about both sides, so from Ed's interview and then also this interview, is I think they're – their focus on the team. And so I think Ed was very uh, open about that, of needing to bring on people who make you better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what this interview is also about, mm-hmm. is like they're looking for people to bring onto their team that's going to make them better and bigger um, and serve people, you know, even more incredibly. Yeah, I really loved, you know, Ed was really strong on the fact that as an entrepreneur and just in general, like we have to take risks sometimes. And those risks are scary, mm-hmm. um, but you have to do them. And if you want to, you know, succeed in that yeah. business, you want to succeed in that big things, Kind of putting your neck out there and taking that risk is really, really important. 
It's super good. Mm -hmm. Well, next week, we're going to be back with two new business owners that will hopefully inspire, educate, and give you a powerful point of action to grow your business or idea. And also, remember to find us on our new profile, the Biz Boot Up Podcast on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. And again, we want to send a huge, huge thank you to Norman Chamber of Commerce, First United Bank, LoveWorks Leadership, and Cleveland County Fairgrounds for believing in our youngest entrepreneurs. And remember, real leaders, they don't blend in. They stand out. Dream big. And do your dream. Bye, y'all.